This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenrider, and welcome to The Final Word, the show that invites you into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. It's as easy as one, two, three. Now, that was just a mic check. Let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists uh, from DKPittsburghSports.com. Hi, Dan Kovacevic. Hi, Albie. Remember two whole weeks ago when the Cincinnati Bengals were the best team in the AFC? Remember I do. that? Yeah, I okay, do. just checking. <laughs> yeah. We're going we're gonna to rewind some stuff around here tonight. A lot changes from the Trib. Also, Steelers radio host Tim Benz is back. Albie had a guy tell me, coming out of the bye, you watch. The Steelers will beat the Browns and the Bears and then lose the Lions. No! And my response was, <laughs> come on. Come back and check with me after the Bills lose to the Jags. Oh! Wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm being told, oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> also from DKPittsburghSports.com, Chris Carter. Hi, Chris. Got to get a shout-out. A special happy birthday to Pastor Curtis Jones of Mount Olive Baptist. Always appreciate you, Mr. Jones. You're an awesome person. All right. Happy birthday. Some of the topics we're talking about tonight, we're looking for five words. The best thing you saw today in the NFL. Who's your pick for the Steelers that needs to have a big game the most against the Bears? Are the injuries and COVID issues creating too big of a hole for the Penguins? After North Carolina beat Wake Forest, how do you see Thursday night's pit game against the Tar Heels playing out? But first, tonight's big topic. How critical is Monday Steelers game in terms of confidence as far as being a playoff contender, Dan? Well, look, we can talk about the rest of the AFC and say that pretty much everybody's a playoff contender after today, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay, so looking at the Steelers themselves, LB, I like the approach that they've had, and they've talked about this to us after every game, home and road, where they've said, we feel like we're focused on ourselves. We feel like we're focused on getting better on different facets. So when you see, as a small example, the offensive line assert itself the way they did in Cleveland, they weren't blocking, they weren't holding blocks, they were knocking people over. There's a big difference between that and what was going on three weeks ago. That's a team that's beginning to feel more comfortable, regardless of scores, regardless of results. Tim, how critical is tomorrow night? Really critical, and I'm not talking about in terms of confidence. I'm talking about in terms of math. I mean, they've got to get to 6-3 and three because these are two very winnable games here. And for as much as we're killing the AFC right now, I still think it's going to take at least 9 or 10 wins to be a wild card representative wow. in this conference. And the reason I say that is for the Steelers, in their point of view, even if they get to 6-3, and three, if they've got to get 10 wins, it's tough to pick out four from what remains and just say those are locks. I don't know that there are any that are locks for the Steelers moving forward. And, and trust me, we're talking about teams that slipped this week. Sure they did. Well, the Chiefs have managed to win ugly twice. The Browns bounced back. The Chargers bounced back and got a win they needed mm -hmm. to get. So let's not act like the Steelers have advanced all that much up at the AFC charts. They got to win these next two. All right, Chris. I'm right with you guys. I mean, the bottom line is you need the wins right now. You need to keep moving up the charts. You get to six and three, then you're battling with the uh, with the, ten the teams like Tennessee. Look at Baltimore. You talk about, you know, about finding ways to win, Tim. They barely beat the Lions with a 66-yard field goal. They're barely beating the, the Vikings in overtime. But here they are leading the AFC North and having a chance to lead the entire conference. This is what the Steelers need to be doing is catching up to those teams after their one and three start. They're doing that. But like Dayon talk talked about, the difference between 
this team and last year's team is that there's a lot of young guys who are getting better as the season continues. That's what you can highlight and say, hey, there's hope that this team will be better than they are now and contend in that late stretch that Tim's talking about. I just want to throw in, guys, it was Tony Dungy who said after the Cleveland game uh, that he looked at this team. He said, these look to me like the Steelers. The 11-0 team didn't. All right, a reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word and on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on the best thing you saw today in the NFL. The Bengals getting exposed again, says Drew. Trevor Lawrence getting big win. And finally, the Cowboys playing very bad. Uh, <laughs> now Day and Tim and Chris, five words. Best thing you saw today. Day and your five words. Uh, it sure wasn't the Bengals. Not to pile on here, but watching that game, you realize now how they gave up 511 yards of offense to the New York Jets the previous week. Uh, they were just ravaged in every way, shape, and form. This is a phony team and a half. If they don't have Joe Burrow playing lights out, which he most definitely didn't do today, this is not a team that's going to finish above 500, much less threaten to contend. Uh, that was fun, so, right? Tim, five words. Justin Herbert of the Chargers, 32 of 38. One of them was a spike to set up the field goal at the end, and I think he was something to the tune of 30, 356 yards, two touchdowns, mm -hmm. no interceptions, no fumbles, no sacks allowed. Uh, and if I can throw in a second one, I don't have five words for this. Oh, okay, how about this? Josh Allen beats Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. How about that? Josh <laughs> Josh Allen of the Jags. Did I take Chris's? Chris, that was mine. Okay, I'll, I'll back off. Take it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> All you, Chris. Sorry. Sorry. I saw, I saw it in the corner of my you. eye. Uh, it's fine. New Josh Allen in town. There uh, you go. That, that's, that's what I was going to go with. But to, to your point, this was a game, and, and Josh Allen of the Bills absolutely <laughs> deserves all the credit for the success he's had. But Josh Allen of the Jaguars, people forgot about this man. He was the seventh overall pick two years ago in 2019. He had ten and a half sacks as a rookie, and everyone was like, whoa, he's going to be a beast. Got hurt last year, missed half the season. Now here he is. He had, a, he had eight tackles, a sack, an interception, a fumble recovery, and he's, he has six and a half sacks on the season. If the Jaguars are going to turn it around in the next four or five years, he's got to be a part of it. If they don't, look for him at the free agency market and be one of those big signings that we see that go to a team like the Buccaneers or the Chiefs or whoever is hot at that point in time. All right. Thanks, guys. Still to come, who's your pick for the Steeler that needs to have big game the most against the Bears? Jay on Twitter says, Alex Highsmith, time to make a headline. The final word returns after this. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Dan Kovacevic, Tim Benz, Chris Carter, and back to the Steelers, Chris. Who's your pick for the Steeler that need to needs to have a big game the most against the Bears? Albie, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to pick three guys. It's Kendrick Green, Trey Turner, and uh, uh, Kevin Dotson. The three interior guys are going to be huge for this offense in this game. Yes, Khalil Mack is out, and everyone's looking at that and saying, oh, no problem. But there's one more linebacker you guys forgot about. That's Roquan Smith. He is a beast up the middle. The guy out of Georgia is one of the best linebackers in football. He covers sideline to sideline. He hits like a truck. He can, he can, he can move all over the place. But 
if Kendrick Green, Trey Turner, and Kevin Dotson team up, get their double teams right, and go through what is a mediocre defensive line, interior defensive line for the Bears, they're going to chip, get to that level, wall off Roquan Smith, and that's going to allow Najee Harris to take over this game. They do that, they can walk to victory in this one. All right, thank you, Chris. Big Ben. He cannot stink. Agreed. The Steelers wow. have not done well against the Bears. Ben needs to have a good game. That's from Bubba Banjo. Uh, Dan, who's your pick to have a good game? I'm going to go with Chase Claypool. And unlike Carter, I'm not going to name every wide receiver on the depth chart. <laughs> Claypool needs for him to have a big game. It's not just for the Steelers. The Steelers got away with this in Cleveland, not connecting on any deep routes. They had the 50-yarder, but that was on a slant. They need to be able to stretch the field in order to contend and all these other things that we're talking about on this show. Yeah, Deontay can occasionally be that guy, but Claypool is the one you need delivering on that. Get it started Monday night. Bears secondary is hurt up right now. There you go. Time to do that. Tim? Well, I guess this is karma. I was going to say hi, Smith. I tried to steal Carter's <laughs> five words earlier, so now this is coming back to bite me in the backside since the Twitter guy took uh, hi, Smith. So I guess I'll go with Minka. How about that? Uh, get an interception. Uh, overdue for that. I think you can maybe confuse or fluster Justin Fields into a mistake or two, and that would be nice if you got some short fields for the Steelers' offense, uh, even though they're going up against a defense of Chicago that won't have Khalil Mack. Uh, I would also expect the Bears to integrate Fields' ability to run a little bit more on purpose. Mm -hmm. He can scramble for sure. We saw that last week. But, boy, both Keith Butler and Cam Hayward, weren't they quick to point out, wow, we only saw two design runs for that guy. They seem surprised. I bet you the Bears – try to jack that number up a little bit. <laughs> All right. The Penguins let a two-goal lead get away in the final minutes last night. They lose in a shootout. Tim, the Penguins are in last place in the Metro. I know it's very early. Are the injuries and COVID issues creating too big of a hole, or do you believe they can get back right uh, into playoff contention? Yeah, I don't think any hole is too big to get out of this early in the season. I know there's that old axiom, you can't make the playoffs or win the cup this early in the season. You can lose it. I don't think they've quite lost it, but I want to throw a third wrinkle in there, Albie, along with the lost points that maybe they could have gotten thanks to COVID issues or thanks to blown leads or thanks to injuries, what have you. It's also... Man, they got, I believe it's going to be after they flip-flop a couple of home and road games here. There's a 12-game and 16-game stretch where they mm -hmm. go on the road. This eight games to start the season is going to catch up, and they're going to pay for that really quickly here. So they got to play well on the road to make sure they don't get too far down by a more logical point where you say, I don't know if they can scramble out of this. All right, back to Twitter. Aaron says, getting worried only because the Metro is so deep, but there's plenty of time. Chris, uh, your thoughts? I mean, I heard, I heard this about the Metro last year, and they, and they were able to push their way through it to get, to, to get some good seating. But here, here's what I look at. It's November hockey. We are looking at a situation where the, the Penguins, yep, they're hurt up. Yep, COVID ravaged them. And that's you look at that and you say, have we seen the real Penguins yet? No, we haven't seen what they can be when everyone on this roster is ready and available. Let's see what they're like. I, can, I can't tell you how many times I remember all the talk in the city being like, man, they weren't just in last place in the division. They're in the last place in the conference. They're out of it. All of a sudden, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, they get healthy. They whip up some wins. Then they're moving to the top of the conference by the, by the end of uh, uh, the start of spring. And then in the playoffs, they're like, oh, that's right. The Penguins are good, and here they are dominating. I, I, I can't read anything into this right now with all the problems that they have. I'm sticking with wait to see how these guys do when we hit midwinter. All right, and Dan. Well, there currently are four points separating second from eighth place in the Metro. So we can go easy on the last place component. There are a couple of wins away from being right at the top. 
Uh, this is a team that I think has found some things that they'd hope to find in this span while also collecting some points. Tim is right. They've got a really tough road ahead here in very short order. So they needed to get some points. Well, they sure weren't expecting to get them in Tampa and in Sunrise, places that are really tough to get them, and they did. Why? Because they had some depth guys step up, and they relearned how to adhere to that system. Also, Kasperi Kapanen scored a hat trick last night. That is a big, big deal for this team because he needs to be a 25-30 goal scorer. All right. The Pitt Panthers ranked 25th in the AP rankings this week after the win over Duke. It'll be a short week for Pitt Day, and after North Carolina beat Wake Forest, how do you see Thursday night's Pitt game against the Tar Heels playing out? Well, I don't think it'll be about North Carolina because as we've seen from Pitt football this year, not even getting into the whole Pitt will be Pitt and all that other stuff from the past, but as we've seen from this team this year, they are who they are when they go onto the field. They define whether or not they're going to succeed or fail because they have the offensive components. They have the NFL-ready quarterback to take advantage of, of a team that can't handle an NFL-ready quarterback. They have the defense, but sometimes they just don't show up. That doesn't matter if it's North Carolina or Clemson or Western Michigan. It just doesn't matter. All right, back to Twitter. Pitt's defense is leaps and bounds better than Wake Forest. Tim, you're next. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> they've gotten steps. beaten because their <laughs> defense has been poor in some big moments against Western Michigan and Miami. I think this game is going to be about points. Whoever has the ball last, last might be about 1230 in the morning uh, with the way that this game could go, <laughs> a college football game with that many points. Uh, this might be 40-something to 40-something. It might be 50-something to 50-something again like we just saw with North Carolina and Wake. Uh, I think this is going to be a score fest, and pick it better be on point than uh, better have the ball last. Chris? Sam Howell's a heck of, heck of a quarterback. He has a lot of talent, but the problem is he doesn't have the weapons that he had last year, and he doesn't have the offensive line that he had last year. That offensive line is getting decimated. What has to happen if Pitt wants to win is Habakkuk, Baldonado, Kalijah Kansi. Those guys have to get after the quarterback, make him uncomfortable, make it hard, and then bail out the secondary because no offense to the guys like Brandon Hill, uh, Marquez Williams, Damari Mathis. They're, they're, they're great athletes, but we know that Pat Narduzzi and that defense are going to leave them on islands, and this defense is predicated on getting after the quarterback and shutting down the run. They do that, I think they win this game and the offense takes over and makes this too much of a lead to, 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 to get over. But the bottom line is they need to start fast. Like Deion said, yeah. in their losses, they've started too slow. That's led to the problems they haven't built back. Yeah, they that overcame stuff sounds good, Carter, but they're so inconsistent, you know? It's, it, it, oh, I agree, I agree. And that's my point, is that the inconsistency is often been at the beginning of games. Look at Miami. They're down 21-7 to in the first quarter. They were able to shut things down after that. They were very fortunate in this Duke game that Kenny Pickett and the offense was able to get it back going because early in this last game they were in trouble but that's the bottom line this this front can save the deep the, the secondary from itself against UNC I don't know if they can do that against Virginia all right when we come back around the horn on any topic the final word is next Welcome back. It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. Chris Carter, you're first. 
Talking about pit football, you got to take the good with the bad with Pat Narduzzi when he's when he's your when he's your head coach. Now the, the bad we talk about all the time, not being prepared sometimes, the slow starts, you know, not not adjusting like they didn't like they didn't do in Western Michigan, but they did adjust this this past weekend with some of the things that Duke was doing. That comes, but here's the bottom line with Pat Narduzzi that I I do give him credit for. These players want to stick around. Kenny Pickett could have left for the NFL and been making his making his money, and when he saw six other Panthers get drafted last year, he didn't. He came back. He believed in their system and. Now he's one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football. There's other, there's a lot of other players on this team that are looking like that and getting people to believe in this program. They got to f- finish strong with these last three wins to get more people to buy in. Day and final word. The courage of Kyle Beach to come forth and to expose everything that was wrong with the Blackhawks organization a decade ago and really since then in covering everything up might lead finally to the end of Gary Bettman as NHL commissioner. One can only hope. I'll tell you this, a lot of us, and those of us who follow hockey the closest and who love it, have been referring to these people who run the league as dinosaurs for a long time. Guess what? In the past few days, the rest of the world's gotten to see that too. Tim, final word. Andrew McCutcheon coming back to the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's got a romance to it. It was talked about in fantasy world a little bit this week after he was uh, essentially bought out by the Philadelphia Phillies. but. It's not going to happen, nor should it happen. I don't think McCutcheon should want it. I don't think the Pirates should want it. I don't want it, and I don't think a lot of fans out there should want it because I want my memories of Andrew McCutcheon as a Pirate to be about Hmm. 13, 14, and 15. Mm -hmm. I don't want my memories of Andrew McCutcheon as a Pirate being batting 7th, batting 200 on a 95-loss team, meandering around in right field. I like Cutch the way I remembered him the first time around. All right, thanks, guys. Our final word now from social media, Kenny Heisman, that's all. Because of the new 17-game NFL schedule for most teams, we'll have to wait until halftime of next week's games to reach the halfway point of the season. But as we head into that middle portion of the schedule, the AFC is anybody's guest. Based on records, the two teams leading the way at the halfway point will be the Ravens and Titans. I expect the Bills to win the East. I expect that the Chiefs will end up winning the West. But right now, neither Buffalo or Kansas City is ready for prime time. The Steelers, well, if they win tomorrow night, which they should, if they beat the Lions, which they should, they'll be 6-3, and three, at which time they could take a real deep breath and get ready for that brutal final stretch of seven games. That's the final word for tonight. I'm Albie for Dayan, Tim, and Chris. See you next time. <laughs>